Greetings and welcome. You're listening to the Genesis Podcast, the official podcast of the Genesis Community Church in Upland, California. It is our goal to inspire one another to change the world by effectively living in the way of Jesus. Check out our website, thegenesisstory.com. There, you can learn more about us, where and when we meet, ways to invest and support, but most importantly, how to get connected. Thank you for spending time with us today. Okay, now we're live. Good morning again. Good to see you guys here this morning. We got a little break in the rain. It's been nice to have rain, except I got two dogs at my house, and so I got wet dogs. Um, There's just a certain smell about wet dogs, you know? Anyway, I'm glad you guys are here. Thank you guys for joining us online or listening to us later. We appreciate that, and if you care to... uh, like this or subscribe to us on YouTube or our podcast. It helps us in some way. I'm not sure exactly how. I think it allows people to find us more easily. However, the algorithm gods determine. But anyway, uh, we're appreciative for all of you who do support us by listening, by financially giving. We are grateful. And we're going to pause, we're going to pray, and Brian's going to lead us in some music, and Randy's going to share with us this morning. And so I think we're in for a treat. Let's pause and let's pray. How you doing? Father, we are grateful again for this day and for this opportunity to gather together and to lean into a conversation about you and your desires in our life. And we do pray that we would be open, that we would be hungry, that we would desire to know more than what we already know and leave room for that growth. Thank you again for Brian, for Randy, and for our time here this morning. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Brian has that silky smooth voice. So good. I can still play guitar a little better, but. (laughs) But you've got that voice. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Is doing okay? Um, Just. uh, I don't think there's any announcements, Um, but by way of reminder, um, uh, there are plenty of ways to give to the ministry of Genesis and the work that's done here, and there they are. So if you are uh, watching live, or you're going to watch this later, or if you're here, um, you know how to support, keep the lights on here, and um, the work that we're doing both in our area and in Haiti. We appreciate that. I heard, um, <clears throat> actually, I read about this story about this uh, priest who was driving home on New Year's Eve, and it was pretty late, and he was going pretty fast, so an officer saw him, pulled him over, and the officer said, Father, have you been drinking? And the priest said, just water. And the officer said, how come I can smell wine? And 
the pastor, the priest, he looked at the bottle of wine in the seat next to him, and he picked it up, and he looked at it, and he said, good Lord, he's done it again. <laughs> he turned water into wine. Okay. <laughs> That's a dad joke. That's too early for dad jokes. This morning, my objective is to make mystics of you all. Are you comfortable with that? <laughs> Let's start with a breathing exercise. Take a deep breath in. Exhale. This time we're going to take a deep breath in and we're going to think about all the things that are hard in our life. At least pinpoint the one thing that's hard right now. Breathe in. And exhale. That one felt good. One more time, we're going to take a deep breath in, and then we're going to give gratitude for something that you're learning. Let's go. Deep breath. Exhale. Feel good? Did you know that in the original Pinocchio story before Disney got a hold of it, Pinocchio killed Jiminy Cricket. Right? We need to exhale one more time now. (laughs) Jiminy uh, came back as a ghost, and so he still was able to provide that conscience that uh, Pinocchio so badly needed, kind of like Obi-Wan and Luke, but I digress. Uh, let's, Let's move on. Today I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And that, you know, that tantalizing, mysterious third person of the Trinity that no one talks about. Because so many people are uncomfortable uh, with the concept of the Holy Spirit. And, and maybe for, for good reason, the Bible is really ambiguous about the Holy Spirit. For a lot of the Bible, at least, it's very, uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't seem to fit in a lot of theology boxes that we've created. And, uh, and every attempt, I think, we make to kind of make the Spirit fit neat and tidy into our way of thinking, then we've already mistaken the whole point of the Holy Spirit. Because that is His, if we call Him a He, Nature. And Jesus said in John 3 8, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. We are all people of the Spirit, and therefore, a little bit of mystic in each one of us. The Holy Spirit is mysterious. Um, One of the scholars that I like refers to the Spirit as it. (laughs) And it took me a while to get used to that because I'm like, well, I mean, we say he. But I also saw The Shack. I read the book, The Shack. And the Holy Spirit is a female in that story. And it actually makes a little bit of sense to me that way because God is not either. 
Um, so the Holy Spirit, he or it or she or whatever you want to think about it like, uh, he goes where he wants. You hear his work, but you won't know where he came from or where he's going. Sounds like my, like my six-year-old. Um, so let me nerd out for a little bit. Follow me, and then we'll get into some application. Did you know that the Hebrew word for spirit, all throughout the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, is translated almost interchangeably, spirit, wind, breath, air. Spirit with a capital S, sometimes with a lowercase s. They're actually interpreted differently in different translations, like I said, almost interchangeably. For example, the very first time that we see this word, it's ruach in Hebrew, ruach. It's fun to say if you want to try it. It's in the creation story. It's 17 words in, in the book of Genesis. And the NIV says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit, the ruach of Elohim, swept over, uh, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. But if you're reading from the NR, the New Revised Standard Version, it would say, the earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Is it the Spirit? Is it wind? Is it the breath of God? Yes, interchangeably all throughout the Old Testament. Mysterious, so mysterious. This word, ruah, spirit, wind, breath, air, is used 378 times in the Old Testament. 378 times in the Old Testament, 389 times in the New Testament, and 11 times it's used in its Aramaic form. So almost 800 times this reference to the Spirit of God is made. The writers of the Old Testament communicate something about this mysterious spirit 389 times. I say that with emphasis because I think that a great many of us, myself included, tend to think of the Holy Spirit as New Testament material. We have Pentecost. We have the gifts of the Spirit. We have the fruits of the Spirit. Those types of things that we are very familiar with, there are usually New Testament concepts. But 389 times in the Old Testament means we should probably pay attention. Clearly, the Spirit of God has been at work from the very beginning of the things as we know them. And Kind of a side note, but one of my favorite things about that verse in Genesis 1, uh, chapter, uh, verse 2, is that word hovering. That word where it says the Spirit of God was hovering over this kind of formless space that we call the earth. 
because that word hovering is used one other time in the scriptures, and it's in Deuteronomy 30, 32, verse 11, where it says, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. So in this context, in Genesis 1-2, where it says the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the face of the deep, the Spirit of God was like a mama caring for her little chicklings or whatever you call baby eagles. And I think it's a beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit. And we see the same parent-like spirit also in the first couple chapters of Luke when it's talking about the genesis, again, of Jesus. As, as Luke describes it, the spirit would hover over Mary and she would be with child. And then there's the dove in Noah's Ark that we see again at the baptism of Jesus. The Spirit is present and at work, and the Spirit is mysterious. The Spirit is also a creative. Not only do we see the Spirit of God at work in the creation story in Genesis 1-2 and actually throughout Genesis, but in Jesus' creation story, we see the Spirit at work again, but we see him empowering artists. I love this passage in Exodus. We might think of the gifts of the Spirit, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, those types of things as kind of barometers for our spiritual health. But the Spirit is at work in Exodus chapter 31, in verse 31, where it says, Then the Lord says to Moses, I'm sorry, verse 1, Then the Lord says to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom and understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut stones, set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. And he goes on to say that all the artisans that are going to be working on the temple, they're receiving knowledge and understanding and the skills they need to do the work at hand, which is to build this temple, right? This this tabernacle. And I love the picture of this because it's, it's like God's telling Moses, he's like, he you've got some good artists in your, in your group here, but I'm going to empower them to do this important work. I'm going to fill them with my spirit, with wisdom and understanding and knowledge and skill. And I think, like, we've seen pictures of the Ark of the Covenant. We've seen Indiana Jones. And the beautiful artisan work. And I think what is possible when the Spirit empowers artists or plumbers 
and, and fills them with the skills they need, fills them with wisdom and knowledge and understanding of the situation they're in to make something that is going to last and be beautiful. Imagine if we prayed for wisdom and knowledge and understanding and skills for every feat in life. The Spirit is a creative. In Psalm 104, verse 27, the psalm writer says, All creatures look to you to give them their food at a proper time. And when you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to dust. Verse 30 says, when you send your spirit, they are created. And you renew the face of the ground. And in verse 29 and verse 30, this is literally the word ruach. When you take away their ruach, they die. But when you send your ruach, there is fresh creation. The spirit of God is mysterious, and the Spirit of God is a creative. Some scholars have written books, right? This is the Spirit as God's creative power. It's powerful. And the Spirit is active. Again, I know for myself... And I think for a lot of people, when we think of the Holy Spirit, we think of New Testament, we think Pentecost, we think the big stuff, the the speaking in tongues, the prophecy. We think of those spectacle things, right? The grandiose moments. But there are, all throughout the Old Testament and and all throughout our lives, this experience of the Holy Spirit that is not spectacular, but ordinary. In the quiet moments, in the nuanced, I think, moments of our lives, almost unnoticed. When Jesus explained the Spirit to his disciples, he said, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. It's John 14, 26. One more time. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. And then that's followed with these words in verse 27. Peace I leave with you, My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Now, I know when Jesus spoke these words and he was talking to his disciples, right, select few that were in his midst, and he was preparing them for what's next. Like, this is is John, right? This is 14. What happens next is, is brutal, in the life of Jesus. And then all 12, 
all 12 of the disciples, uh, maybe excluding Judas, but they were, they were all, they all died for their faith, right? And so this is Jesus saying, it's going to be hard, not going to lie, right? You're about to face some stuff. And I give you my peace. We talked about peace before. Not as the world gives it, I give you my peace. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Whatever you're facing, whatever comes your way, don't let your hearts be troubled because the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Father is going to send in my name. And he's going to teach you. And he's going to remind you. When it's dangerous, right? When things are going not the way you planned, when things are hard, the Holy Spirit. And I was reading, I know a lot of translations uh, don't use the word advocate, they use the word comforter, uh, which it very may well mean. But one scholar that I was reading from said that comforter is actually not the best translation because of the context. Jesus isn't sending a warm, fuzzy hug when people are facing persecution. He's sending someone who is going to be in your corner, an advocate, someone who's got your back, who is never going to leave. And I think we should take note. We're not maybe facing persecution, but maybe you have moments in the middle of your life and the worst part of life. And then a scripture, a quote, a word comes to mind. That's the spirit, the teacher, the advocate. He's working in you. Anytime you feel maybe a conviction of something you're doing right or something you're doing wrong, anytime you thirst and hunger for a better life, anytime your heart stirs towards justice and acts of mercy, That's the spirit of God working in you. Anytime you feel hopeful, that's also the work of the Holy Spirit. When you feel joyful, that's the spirit. 1 Thessalonians 1.5. Anytime you feel love towards God, Holy Spirit, Romans 5.5. Anytime you feel confident in your identity as a child of God, that's the spirit of God. Galatians 4, 6. The Spirit is at work in you. The Spirit is at work in me. The Spirit is always at work. <clears throat> and our job, our, our part in this is to discern what he's doing. I think that's really the work of Christians today. Discern what work the Spirit is doing in my life, in my world, around me. <clears throat> and when I see it, to get myself there. The Spirit is active in your life. Jack Levison is the, is the scholar I referred to earlier. He's written books about the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and he said, sorry, my voice is escaping. He said, here's a message for the American church. Learn how to breathe again. When we are feeling our breath deep within us, we are allowing that breath to roll 
over our tongues in words of truth and integrity, when we are doing that, we are people of the Spirit. It's not the dangly, shiny things that make us people of the Spirit. It's the deep ability to breathe and slow down and let our souls catch up. I love this idea. This, this breathing is the same word as spirit. And in some way, when we breathe deep and we exhale and we breathe, thank you, Brian. We are, we are connecting with the spirit of God. I love this idea of the, the breathe deeply, ruah, deeply, and let our souls catch up. I don't have to tell you that life is hard from global wars and personal pains. We simply can't afford to ignore the work of the Spirit. We have to be on the lookout for what He is doing in our world, what He's doing in our lives, what He's doing in our souls. And I'm going to and a little early today. I'm going to wrap this up, but I want, to, I want to wrap this up with a big thought. There's a deep connection in our lives between our physical breath, our spirit, and the spirit of God. <clears throat> By linking our breath and God's spirit so close together, it's clear that God wants us to realize just how close he is. There's a, a common misnomer, I think, in American Christianity that uh, relationship with God, we, we use that term a lot. But we, even at our core, right, even, even after all the things we've learned, all the things we say we believe, all the things that we would probably never, like, say this out loud, maybe it's from childhood, maybe it's from Pinocchio, but we believe that God is transactional. And what I mean by that is if we're good, we'll be blessed. And if we're bad, we'll be cursed. And again, we would probably never say that, maybe, but probably that's just something innate deep down inside that we hold on to because it's the, it's the lessons, it's the, it's the moralization of the gospel it was taught in Veggie Tales, for God's sakes. And no matter the breed of evangelicalism, you'll find this kind of thinking. Even in, I grew up Catholic. This kind of thinking has run rampant, and sometimes it's just taught outright. In the book of Job, we find that kind of thinking among Job's friends, right? Right? Job is blessed, he worships God, he's totally upright, he's got material wealth, which in the Old Testament, that was like the thing, man. When you had that, you were, you were righteous. <laughs> and then when everything falls apart and the proverbial poop hits the fan, can I say that? His friends, her, his friends are like, dude, like, what did you do? He made God mad. And he's like, I didn't do anything. And he's, they're like, you had to do something because 
And he's like, I didn't do anything in 36 chapters of this, right? (laughs) But in the middle of this argument, we find this nugget of truth. In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath, the ruah, of all mankind. I want, I want this to be a moment where we let that sink in. In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. The spirit of all mankind. What's important, I think, is that when God shows up in this conversation in Job, right, he, he's, he's kind of mad at Job's friends for, like, you're, you're not right. You're not, you're not speaking truth here. But Job is. And Job said, in his hand, in God's hand, is the life of every creature and the ruah of all mankind. There's no line of differentiation here The context in this case, it literally says that all mankind bears the Spirit of God. What would it look like if we all believed that? If we all acted on that? All of mankind, not just those who think like me or look like me or live in my neighborhood, but everybody. When I think about why Pinocchio stepped on Jiminy Cricket, I get it, right? Like, who wants that in your ear? Crickets are annoying. (laughs) That old conscience never stops nagging. The Spirit of God will tell you, will testify in your own soul and in your own mind, in your own spirit, that he's at work in your life, And he's at work in the life of everyone. And how that might change the way we feel about people who we think of as our enemies or on the other side. That, to me, is the work of the Spirit in our age. The Spirit is mysterious. The Spirit is a creative. The Spirit is active in our lives. And the Spirit is in everyone. And I look forward to our discussion about that. (laughs) Father, thank you so much for this time together, for your word that guides us into all truth, for your spirit that teaches us. And uh, I pray that we would have this conversation today that would glorify you, that would lift up how big and enormous you are compared to the version of you that lives in our minds. Help shatter all that and help us to see more clearly We ask it in Jesus' name. Okay, well, thank you for joining us. And I hope you join us in the conversation. If you're uh, watching online, I hope that you come visit us. We miss you. Have a beautiful day. God bless you. You've been listening to the official podcast of Genesis Community Church in Upland, California. If you've been encouraged, found hope, been challenged by what you've heard, We'd like to ask you to help spread the word by sharing our podcast with your friends and family. You can also help support our podcast by visiting us at thegenesisstory.com. It has been our pleasure to have you join us today. 
and we hope you'll tune in again next week.